The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Yes, we're talking about the conclusion of the last dance. We're also talking about sports leagues. Things are waking up. Things are looking up. You're listening, as usual, to Sean and Sam at the Functional Sportsaholic. How you feeling, Sam? How you doing today? What is up, my dude? I do not know what day it is, what time it is, but I know I'm working. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> working and uh, podcasting with you. Other than that, man, I don't I don't know what's going on in the world, but yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. Yep. Um, just a reminder for everybody before we kind of get rolling here, Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide is available. Reminder that it's actually better if you buy early because you get more updates, free updates throughout the offseason. I don't make you pay a monthly fee on top of the book or anything like that. Um, and you get a direct line to me as the author. So check it out. Um, you're probably, if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing a video right now. If you are are listening on the podcast um, regardless of where you're picking this up look in the show notes below it'll take you to the amazon link it'll explain more about the book and why it's good but sam let's talk about the last dance we had the conclusion there are going to be spoilers if you haven't watched it um tune in watch that because it's fantastic and then uh and then turn this podcast back on or this video back on because sam and i are going to be talking about that right now sam you you finished it right I, I finished it um, earlier today, actually. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, I'll be honest with you. So the last two episodes, to me, were a little bit of a letdown. Now, the, the whole documentary is fantastic. And, um, and th- not to say, like, look, if I'm looking at this as a five-star thing, I'd give it, like, 4.8 stars. I just was a little let down specifically because in this, the penultimate episode, the second, I believe, episode 9 or 11, whatever it was, the second-to-last episode – um, was the episode they're diving into the first finals matchup between the Utah Jazz and the Chicago Bulls. Um, and then they also were digging into the Eastern Conference finals during their last dance year, um, the seven-game series where they went to Indiana, um, or they played Indiana. Now, that series, I remember rooting hard because, like I mentioned last week, Sam, I I, I was not a Bulls fan. Um, generally speaking, I'm the guy that roots against the dominant team, and roots for the underdog. So I like to see teams break through because I think there's a lot of drama in that. Like, like for instance, um, the Chicago Bulls, when they were playing the Pistons, I was a little young back then, but I would have been rooting hard for the Bulls to break through. And I certainly was rooting for the Bulls to beat the Lakers in their first finals. Um, you know, six, six finals in eight years, I, I was ready for somebody else to break through, whether it be the Jazz or whether it be the Pacers. So that's just kind of me as a sports fan. Um, not to say I like rooted against them because I look back now and really appreciate the dominance and everything they put together. But what do you think about that series and maybe whether it's a documentary or I'm talking specifically about the, the Pacers, uh, the Bulls versus the Pacers? Yeah, so. I thought they were going to go a little bit uh, deeper dive into that. They kind of I don't think they because that was a seven game. Those, yeah. those two teams did not like each other. Um, Reggie Miller, you know, I think there was a good respect between him and Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan, but there was a lot of fights. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I felt like they, they focused more on the jazz stuff the last two episodes, which, which I get, but, um, you know, for, for a team to take the Bulls seven games as the, as the Pacers did, especially with, um, what Larry Bird coaching him, um, I felt like that was just, uh, was it Larry Bird or was it? It was, it it Um, was Bird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like that whole connection with Larry and Michael, I I just felt like they could have 
dove into that a little bit more. That's why um, I was let down yeah. because like as a as a kid to um you know one of my it was funny because I had like a roller coaster relationship. One of my favorite players was Reggie Miller. Um, growing up, and then the Magic, you know, us growing up in Orlando, mm-hmm. um, once they played the Magic in these series, I hated Reggie Miller, right? right? I hated, he was my least favorite player. And then after, you know, that Shaq went to L.A. and all that, and then the Pacers were trying to break through again, I, I wouldn't say I loved him anymore, but, you know, you have a respect because that guy, Reggie Miller was was that generation's, I guess, version of Steph Curry, you could say. I mean, just the amount of threes he would hit, clutch shots, um, and he played with the chip on his shoulder, which, again, looking back, I respect. When I was in the moment and he was playing the Magic, you know, it would drive me crazy. And I'm sure Bulls fans, he would drive him crazy, too, because he did have some scuffles. But right. um, but looking back, you're just glad as a sports man, uh, fan to, um, to watch that. And you're right, seven games. Um, so they go through the first couple of them. They had Reggie Miller on. I think he was giving great commentary. You didn't get a lot of Reggie Miller. Uh, Reggie Miller talked about Jordan. But you didn't hear a lot about Jordan talk about Reggie Miller too much, right? Um, right. If anything, he talked about him more in a previous episode, which you know when they were when he was filming that um, um, the movie and everybody was out there in camp and stuff, and he was talking about Chris Mullen and Reggie Miller going out there and not camp, I'm sorry, but like their scrimmages that they would do after the day of shooting for Jordan. But you know they they go into it and they talk about basically splitting the first four. Then they go back and talk about the Jazz, and then they come back at the end of the episode and it's like, hey, they split games five and six. Here's game seven, and you get like two minutes of game seven. And that was a close thing. That was a close game. It was like 83-88 or something like that. Right. I, I, man, there was a lot more drama in that series. Um, I, mm-hmm. I, I, just, I just felt like – and look, as a show editor, you only have so much time, but that was the only team that pushed the Bulls seven. Um, on once they broke through and won the championship, that was the only team I think that pushed them seven. Oh no, the Knicks did as well. Um, yeah, in the first three series, but yeah, yeah, the Pacers gave the Bulls um, just as much, if not more, grief than the Jazz did. And I felt like mm-hmm. in the second to last episode, we we as as fans and as watchers, we kind of missed out on some of the storylines behind that. They had Mark Jackson on that team, which I forgot about. Um, yeah. the Davis brother, or not the Davis brothers, but the Davis, um, the Davis. Was Chris Mullen on that team? Mullen was he, on that team. Yeah, he was, a, I mean, he was a older, you know, player by then, but that's a great guy to have in your team. Yeah. I uh, mean, Rick Smits. Yeah, Smits. Who was good, man. The dunking Dutchman. He was, he was underrated, good, bro. Underrated. 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 He, you know, he didn't have a long, like productive career, but for like three, four years, man, that dude was he was a beast. He was you he know? was one of those guys that um today you would he would fit right into the NBA today, but back mm-hmm. then he was such like an anomaly because he was a 7-footer who could shoot. Right. I mean, he was just to do it all, but he's a European, so he had skill. You know, he had ball skills right. when when you needed it, not that you want him dri- you know dribbling up the court or anything, but like he's he was a different kind of player and like Arvidas Sabonis, you know, if if you're younger, you mm-hmm. probably don't remember him, but uh, Vladi Diva. His team. son. His son plays for the Pacers now. No kidding. Yeah, Arvidas Sabonis' son. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I did know that. Yeah. What's his name though? Yeah. Sharunas. Uh, d- no, like Demont. Uh, it's like a weird name. Yeah, I can't. No. I just call him D Sabonis. He's good too. He was All Star this year. Uh, the Saboni. Sabonis. Yeah, he's good. He's a good player. But yeah, those guys came a little bit before their time. Yeah. And they told big guys not to shoot. You know, yeah, from right. the outside. Um. 
but they yeah, could. Yeah, it was Those soft, guys right? Could. Yeah. It was soft yeah. for a big guy to not be in the paint. If you were seven foot, you had to be in the paint. Yeah, Thankfully, they wanted your back to the basket. You know, you're seven feet. We want your back to the basket. We don't want you facing up, taking, yeah. you know, 25 foot. Which is so now, funny. It's so funny know? because, like, Dirk Nowitzki <laughs> probably was the guy that kind of turned that on its head in terms of, like, the movement. But He definitely, yeah, he definitely did. But you look at Larry Bird, right? You, you think about these as different. Larry Bird was, like, 6'10", I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's just it's like weird like anything <laughs> yeah. like you know i think larry bird was like six eight or six nine but still i mean once you get up that tall like what's a few inches yeah um but yeah uh dirk and and kevin garnett um oh yes kind of really changed that position and tim duncan obviously tim duncan was a he could he could do back to the basket but you know he could knock down that 19 foot jump shot all day long and so I, those guys were a little bit before their time, but um, they they could play now, you know. Yeah, and Larry Bird, I looked that up, and he was uh, he's six nine, so we actually okay. were right in the right in between. Yeah, um, right, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean it's uh it was a different kind of environment back then and all that stuff, but that was I just wish I got more Pacers because guy I think actually if the, if this whole series that is actually the most the, the what I was looking forward to the most was seeing the story behind that series. I mean certainly right. I, I wanted to hear a little bit about the Jazz and all that too because you know that's ultimately going to be kind of the finale there. But even that was a little anticlimactic. Like right. we didn't. You know the last the last episode was devoted to that series, and we didn't really get a lot there. Like I just didn't feel like there was a lot of drama. It was more about um, I think they were kind of rushing through with the last episode to try to get that done at about the three quarter mark, so they could talk about what happened after that. Which again, I understand. Right. But let's talk about that. So, had you ever heard that Reinsdorf um, went back to Phil Jackson and offered him to come back? No. No, and I don't know. Um, you know, it's hard because Jerry Krause isn't around. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like really hard to, you know, like, you know, really know what 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 was the real deal about then. You know, and and about all that. And I'm sorry, but like, I don't buy the Reinsdorf thing. I think this is probably what you know, part of what drives Chicagoans nuts. I don't I don't buy the Reinsdorf thing where he's saying that if they came back, it was going to be financially crippling. Um, you know, they could have built around yeah, and Michael Jordan actually gave him the tablet so he could watch that. I, I love seeing Michael Jordan's reactions to some of yeah. these things, right? But, um, you know, they, they show him Reinsdorf talking about, hey, um, you know, it, it, we would have had to get rid of Pippen. There's no way we could have gotten Pippen back. There's nobody this, no, blah, 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 that and all that stuff. Jordan was making like 30 million. I happened to look at the, you know, the, the salaries. Jordan was making like 30, 33 million uh, mm-hmm. that year and he deserved every penny of it. Are you telling me that the Chicago Bulls aren't selling enough jerseys and merchandise to make up and offset some of that stuff? They're not selling enough in tickets to offset that. Right. I and just, pay the luxury tax. Like, I, fuck you. You got to pay the luxury tax. Pay the luxury tax. Yeah, pay the luxury tax. Pippen, I'm sorry, but that was... And, you know, Jordan even came back and said, you know, Pippen would have taken some convincing. But why would he have taken some convincing? Because they jerked him around for years. And, look, right. Pippen signed the contract, right? And I'm I'm more of the... I'm more in line with the um, owners when it yeah, comes to contractual. Yeah, yeah, when it comes to contractual yeah. situations, but there are instances like in the NFL where contracts aren't guaranteed, where you're like, "Hey, you know, let's take care of this guy." Um, right. There would be an instance like what Pittsburgh has done with Shazier since his spinal right. injury, and they're taking care right. of him. That's the right thing. You make a lot of money. That's the right thing to do. Pippen, 
Are you kidding me? He was making less money than Luke Longley that season, right? Right. And right. It, like Reinsdorf him, himself saying, hey, look, I told him not to sign the deal. He signed it. Um, and, you know, once you sign that contract, you sign that contract. Yes. Is that the best way to build a business, though? Right. Because you got right. Pippen screaming at screaming profanities at Jerry Krause. You got Jerry Krause mm -hmm. wanting to trade him because of ego. And, and really, I think they succeeded in spite of themselves and because of Jordan in a lot of ways and his intensity in practice. Because I, I just, I just, it, it's unfathomable to me how you, how you go on a six out of eight. You know, I was expecting Jordan to come back and at the end of the documentary and say, "Oh, you know, I was so exhausted, I would, I was, I was ready to go." But even he came back was like, "I was ready to defend, and I would have come back. I would have come back." Yeah, and especially in a lockout year, fifty games. You can give those guys fifty games. They would have won. You know, they would have won. If yeah, they, yeah, I absolutely. And Tony Kukoc, they had right. They had Steve Kerr, who was traded, I believe, um, that offseason. He might have gone to the Spurs and actually started that that cycle up with them. I can't remember if. I think he was there, but I can't recall. Uh, Pippen was traded. I mean, it's just – and what did they get? They got – was it Eddie Curry? Was that the draft? And I can't remember yeah, what the Bulls uh, did to rebuild there. Yeah, the, the 2000, I think, was Eddie Curry. I don't know what they did uh, in 99. I don't know who mess. they – who they went for? You, you know, know? I, I just, um, you know, Jerry Krause with the the Napoleon syndrome. Maybe not Napoleon, but it, it's it's all ego driven. He wanted to rebuild a team again, like. I mean, is he in the Hall of Fame, Sam? Do you know, like as a as a GM, Jerry Krause? Yes, he is. So, you know, you're getting your credit. Obviously, all the credit's going to go to Michael Jordan. Uh, but let's take let's um, move to a different part, I guess, of this um, that I want to kind of hold on one sec. Right sure. before we, you get there, so they didn't want to pay Scottie Pippen, you know, like, and they didn't want to renegotiate his deal or anything like that. But they ended up giving him for his like swan song out of the NBA. They gave him ten million. Yeah, you know, for a season. Like, so he got eighteen for seven, and then you gave him ten. You know, like I, this is bad business, man. I thought they bad did business. it dirty, and at any point that you, you know, those last few years, they could have said, "Listen, man, we're gonna make this whole." You know, Scotty would have taken. I think he to keep playing basketball and to keep playing with Michael Jordan, he would have taken a discount that he would have gotten on the free market, but he still, he wanted to be made whole, Yeah, you know, and they, and they didn't have the, you know, they didn't do that. They could have done that those last three, four years. They could have been like, listen, we're going to pay you 20 million a year. I think Scottie Pippen's signing that, you yeah. know, than what, you know, he ended up getting later. I mean, the guy made over, you know, $160 million in NBA salary, um, the rest of his career. So he did well. Um, has not managed it very well. <laughs> yeah, he, he's the guy company, when, yeah. you, when you talk Who about bought a jet. Yeah, bought uh, a jet without an engine. If I'm if I'm not. <laughs> yeah, bought a jet. You know that like you know the guy has not been smart. You know had a really mm. high profile divorce. Um, just you know it's it's uh, <laughs> it's the tale of it's the tale of the athlete yeah. post post retirement. Unfortunately, yeah, he's um, doing good on ESPN. So hopefully yeah. they're paying him some. And it's ESPN. They're probably not paying him a lot. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah. Pippen and, you know, but um, let me, speaking of Pippen, so it came out um, and then after this, I want to talk about practice to um, Jordan and practice, but Pippen, um, I'm sorry, LeBron James came out after this, they interviewed him and he was talking about how his style would mesh well with Jordan's style and 
Um, and I agree with that, and I think you agree with that too. And um, I think LeBron rightfully so acknowledged that Jordan was like basically is an assassin and you know could score you know better than anybody in the history of the game. So he kind of gave him credit where credit's due. But you know he he had a little quote in there about like oh yeah you know that some of the stuff that they were doing with Pippen with me it would have just gone to uh, you know all another level. And I don't necessarily agree with that. And I know I'm probably in the minority there. Well, I know I'm definitely in the minority there. But what do you think? Like, I don't really think that the difference between LeBron and Pippen is as big as it's perceived to be. I just think that the reason, um, you know, I, at towards the end of the career, certainly Pippen benefited from having Jordan early. But that last, um, you know, uh, three-peat that they had, Pippen was one of the best players in the NBA, bar none. So right. I don't think that as a career... If Pippen, you know, especially like the last like five-ish years um, of his career, I don't think that that's that big of a difference between a player. So LeBron, I thought kind of, I know it wasn't his intention, um, and I know the quote didn't come out that way, but I felt like it was a little bit of a shot at Scottie Pippen's ability while also, you know, LeBron's confident of himself and in, in his elite, you know, status. But what right. do you think about that? Well, you know... Um... It's really hard, you know. I find it hard to compare players um, just because of time and you know uh, and you know what they're what a team looks like, you know, and where they're at. Um, but I think, I mean, I'm I, I'm not as big as a Scotty guy as you are. I know you're, but I do think Scotty is definitely one of the best fifteen players um, in NBA um history um he just played behind a guy and you know yep. scotty does have some you know questionable leadership things when it's come to yeah. it um, very true that very true. that i don't know if scotty would have been able to get those cabs um to as many finals as lebron you got, know what that's a great know, point basically and i i just don't think scotty would have had it in him i thought he would have you know just like his thing like i'm not gonna have my you know, this surgery and F up my summer and I'm not going to yeah. go into this game against the net and I'm not going to, you know, in the big migraine game. There's a lot of stuff on Scotty and I know Scotty's not happy with Michael right now oh, really? because of the because way of that this? this documentary has portrayed him, even though Michael has said some very complimentary things about Scotty and saying there's no Michael Jordan yeah. without Scotty Pippen. So yeah. his name needs to be mentioned. Uh, so I think he's been very complimentary of Scotty. Yeah, but you know he has been very honest too, and it's like that's bullshit what Scotty did, yeah. you know, and that's stuff like that. And um, so that's the only thing I think LeBron being able to shoulder a lot of the stuff has would would give him an edge over over a Scotty Pippen. Um, right. Just in 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 my you know in my opinion, you win. You, you win. know, because you've, I don't think Scotty would have been able to take you're right because... those Cavs teams to finals back to back to back to back to back he, you know it, it for as many i think okay so i agree and another thing uh, i guess in terms of your argument um and i'm coming around to your side too i just don't think the gap is that big i do think lebron is certainly greater than pippen don't get me wrong but i don't think the gap is as big um however uh, i will say that scotty pippen i think i said this before but i'll repeat it if i if i did um scotty pippen needed jordan to help develop into the player that he was at the end of his career. Um, and then your leadership talk, you're right. I mean, like, there, there's not a chance that I wouldn't go out, you know, bench myself in the last shot of the game, 
Right. Um, and it's a good thing Kukoc hit that shot because as, as much as that has chased him around, if Kukoc missed mm-hmm. that shot, it would be like double, you know, yeah. in terms of that, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was uh, th- that's a big thing. Do I think Scottie Pippen could have led the Cavs to the finals at some point in the East and around those times? I do think he could have done it, but not as much as LeBron. You're right. And LeBron didn't need... Jordan to basically mold him as a player in the early part of his career. He came in. Well, kind and of you think about it. Yeah. And you think about it, Scotty, even, you know, like, you know, wasn't a high school player, wasn't, you know, yeah. didn't, you know, spring on the scene until, so I don't think on any team, maybe his central Arkansas teams, he started to be the man, but at no point did he ever really have to shoulder all the load. And then it's really hard to do that. A lot of these guys are usually their best player on all their teams right. from the time they're six years old. You know, um, Scotty never had that because he was a late bloomer. So he was always reliant. You know, he was always better as a, you know, a Robin. Um, and then when it came time for him to be, you know, Batman in those times where Mike was gone and stuff, he just, he didn't have that in him because it wasn't, it wasn't something he could go back yeah. to as being like, I was the man at all these points in my life. Yeah. You know, he's always just like, all right, now I'm next to this person. Or I'm next to this person. He went to Houston. He's next to Charles Barkley. You know, like he's in Portland. He's next to Rashid Wall. You know, yeah. he's always been with like kind of alpha males and good players and, you know, never had to lead his own team. That's a good point. You know, and in big, big moments, you know, that 94 team was a good team. Got to the Eastern Conference final, you know, or whatever. Second round, whatever. Second round, yeah. But, you know, took the Knicks far, and the Knicks ended up going to the, you know, uh, finals that year. Um, And, you know, I I always think Scotty's a good player. I like Scotty. He seems like a good guy. He just does have these things that are kind of uh, black marks on him. You know, funny you say that. I just this just kind of hit me just now. The Knicks after Jordan retired, the Knicks went to the finals both times uh, of the Bulls. You know, not the, I'm not counting the Wizards part, but Knicks went to the finals the the next year, lost to the Rockets. Knicks went to the finals in the strike shortened season, lost to the Spurs. Interesting, right? The Latrell right. Sprewell Knicks and the choking Knicks. Um, yeah. Uh, actually, he choked on Golden State and got traded, if I'm not mistaken. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. PJ Carlissimo. Um, okay, last thing on the Bulls here, and I think we'll probably close out the show after that. Um, so I, I, we were talking about practice. We were talking about the Eastern Conference. You know, could Pippen have, have led some of those Cavs teams? One of those teams that, uh, you know, after the Bulls that made finals, he got a couple years in Nets, actually, the New Jersey Nets when Jason mm-hmm. Kidd was there um, and so on. Keith Van Horn, I think. Um but Kenya Martin. Kenya, that's the one I was trying to think of. Kenya yeah. Martin, and then that guy who um, probably murdered his wife, uh, <laughs> right? The guy who was used to be on NBC, and or maybe it was a friend or something. He shot somebody with a shotgun. It was very oh very Jason suspicious. Jason Williams, yeah. not the white Jason. Yeah, the other Jason yeah. Williams. He shot his limo driver. Yeah, mm. that's what it was. Mm. Yeah, got away with it though. Um, <laughs> yeah, he did. Allegedly, right? Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah. Um, allegedly. Yeah, anyway, but one of the other teams that, that went there was the uh, the Allen Iverson Philadelphia 76ers. I believe they lost to the Bulls 4-1, if I'm not mistaken. Um, the maybe, Lakers? Yeah. yeah. And Allen Iverson, so I, I just, was just thinking about this documentary, and I kept thinking about the Allen Iverson talking about, like, 
man, we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. And I look back at the documentary and the intensity of Jordan and specifically his intensity in practice and how he would talk about it and be like, I would go after Scott Burrell. I would go after this guy. I would go after. And then you hear about like Steve Kerr, even when they, <laughs> when they fought, it was funny watching Steve Kerr talk about the fight. Um, but he's like, you know, from that day on, you know, um, we were fine. And I think, you know, Jordan knew that, you know, I, you know, he had some dog in him, right? Steve Kerr. Yeah, Steve Kerr started the fight. And yeah. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr, I think Michael Jordan respected the yeah. shit out of Steve Kerr for that. Yeah. And then I look back and I think about that. We're talking about practice. And Jordan was the best player ever, right? But the best player in the NBA mm-hmm. at that time. I don't know. You know, history might have been saying at that point in the career might have been saying, you know, Magic Bird, all that stuff. Certainly, certainly mm-hmm. Jordan distanced himself later. But the, the leader on the team practices hard and holds his players accountable to practice hard in practice. And Jordan wanted to win every single scrimmage. Mm-hmm. Allen Iverson didn't want to practice at all. Right. Right. And, um, you know, I think that there's an impact there that, I, you know, it's like kind of the younger generations, um, you know, mm-hmm. younger than us um, slightly. Yeah, they don't really have that f- competitive fire because they're generally friends with everybody because the world's so connected now. But mm-hmm. Allen Iverson, like I, I, I now more than ever, I'm just like, man, you've really just never got the point. And he must have been so frustrating to – was it Brown that coached him? Yeah, Larry Brown. Larry yeah. Brown, yeah. Anyway, what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I always – you know, growing up, you know, Allen Iverson was uh, – I loved Allen Iverson just as a player. Mm. Um, I saw him actually play in Georgetown. I went to a game. Um, saw him many times when he came through Orlando. Um, but Allen Iverson never matured. Yeah. Uh, you know, he still hasn't matured. I don't think he's still making stupid decisions and, you know, um, has never gotten it. I think on the court and in a game, the guy will do anything to Mm -hmm. win, but it's all the other stuff that leads up to it. I don't think you can just switch that on, you know, game time and then not have that, you know, for, for practice and that's why Allen Iverson never won anything you know I mean think about that you know he was a great competitive and if Allen Iverson had the drive of Michael Jordan Allen Iverson would be probably the best point guard or one of the best guards to ever play in the NBA he gets mentioned there now but it's more of because I think of a cultural thing Mm. you know he didn't win anything he didn't make his teams better um but the guy could go. Yeah. You know, and he was, I mean, he was tiny. He was under six feet, under 165 yeah. pounds. Won a scoring champ, was a dog on the court, but just never could put the whole thing together. And, you know. There, there's another component, too, about um, about these things. And, uh, like, like, practice. Another thing that practice helps is it's not necessarily about Iverson. Like, Jordan used it. Think about, like, how guarding Michael Jordan or guarding Allen Iverson could make you better as a defender. And how is that going to help you in the Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals? You know, like if you can if you can guard Iverson with as quick as he was, would that help you against Kobe Bryant, you know, mm-hmm. in, in the Finals and you had to deal with him if you were dealing with Allen Iverson over the course of the year? Yeah, right. man, it would help. And so, you know, I think he did his team a disjustice there, especially, you know, in retrospect, watching this, this Bulls documentary. I just... Uh, 
I don't know. Well, and it's the reason why Allen Iverson flamed out, you know, towards the end. He could never get himself to a point where he was like, man, I could really help a team and do. Yeah. He was stuck in the I'm MVP. You're MVP in 2001, man. Yeah. In 2014, when he's ending his career, he still wants to be treated as MVP. And stuff has changed. And that's why I give Derrick Rose a ton of credit. Because the guy could easily mail it in. He gets paid $20 million a year by Adidas. That contract is like a lifetime deal. He could sit at home and just collect checks. But the guy has grinded to make teams every year. Has been a good player. Has come off the bench. Has done whatever good teammate. the team has needed to do. And I give him all the credit in the world. Because if there's anybody that could just mail it in. At this point, with as many injuries as he's done, with, it would be Derrick Rose, and he, he has never done that. Good for old DR, Derrick Rose. Ending it ending it with a uh, with a former Bulls star, right? Oh, man, and Chicago loves Derrick Rose, dude. Yeah, they do. Like, they do. You know, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, there, there was the whole Derrick Rose or LeBron James argument way back in the day, remember? So, yep. yeah, man. Yep. And, uh, and there was, you know, that was... Uh, that was a debate, you know. People forget about that now, but that was a debate back in the day. Um, anyway, I think we can end the, end the episode there, dude. Just a reminder for everybody, Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide. Check the link below. Uh, the link will take you directly to Amazon. You can learn a little bit more about it. Um, you know, the free updates, how you can access a lot more content than what's in the book. Uh, Sam, man, uh, for Sam, this is Sean. Everybody, I'm signing off. And uh, everybody out there, hey, uh, you know, be good to one another. Stay healthy. I hope everybody's uh, everybody's doing fantastically. Be good. Welcome to the podcast. Functional sports are all it. Sam and Sean, too, they beat. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week. Don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are all it. Yeah, yo, sport addicts with real lives. Talking about real life, they real nice. Going cray on the Netflix late nights. And build an NBA, keeping the game tight. Repping the 407, Old Town. And nine fours when they met, now they hold it down. Talking life, talking real social issues. All lighthearted, so don't bring your tissues. And don't talk stupid, cause Sean might lose it. You love sports, this podcast strikes like Cupid. Taking road trips, why not just for kicks? Sean going global, you know why? YOLO. And don't get him started on Gooch Givens. They here to spit knowledge, no time for the dishes. Aging like a fine wine, sipping in the kitchen. Gray in the beard, got wisdom, so listen. Functional sports are all it. Sam and Sean, too, they be. Sports in real life, they got real lives. Better tune in every week, don't miss the podcast. Cause you might get put on blast. And you know just what we call it. Functional sports are all it.